Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? <laughs> My name is Quincy. show, the Talk to Q radio show, it's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. All right, everyone, I am on with my man, Daddy Rich, representing that volunteer state of Tennessee, and I got bands representing Florida, the Sunshine State, bringing them on to discuss drink and smoke and We'll get into some other tunes as well. But, fellas, welcome to the show. Nice to have you on the Top Q Radio show. All right. We appreciate it. All right, man. So let's let's first start this off. Um, you know, Bands, you're in Florida, and, and DR, you're in Tennessee. How how did you all get together? Well, actually, uh, I, uh, I moved up to Knoxville um, about 10 months ago from Panama City. Uh, I've, I've been off and on from Panama City to Knoxville pretty much my whole life. And uh, moved up a couple months ago, uh, started asking around town about, you know, music scene and, and, and checking out Knoxville music-wise. And uh, just by chance, um, met met a, uh, a a young lady by the name of Rachel Green at a, a show of mine. And uh, next thing I knew, I had a, an inbox from a, from Daddy Rich and uh, thought I, he had a song that might uh, interest me. So he sent me the beat for Drink and Smoke, and the rest is kind of history, man. Okay, yeah. that's what's up. Go ahead, Daddy Rich. Yeah, that's uh, exactly how it happened, man. Uh, Rachel Green, uh, they call her Jazzy Jade around here. She is instrumental to us all getting together. Uh, if not for her, this wouldn't have happened the way it did. Uh, <clears throat> very appreciative of her, man. I really wish that we could get her back into the swing of things right now. She's got some little things she's got to deal with with family, but once she gets that over with, we will be doing some things with her so you guys will get to hear some of her stuff. Okay, cool. Now, you know, when I think of Knoxville, Tennessee, I don't necessarily think of of, of hip-hop, but it sounds like there's a pretty nice little hip-hop scene up there. I mean, um, do you all just mainly perform in the Knoxville area, or, or, or kind of give me give me an idea what the vibes like there? Well, as from what I've seen, you know, coming from Panama City, where where the hip hop scene is is, I mean, there's music down there, and, and there's people doing things, but everybody goes to Atlanta or goes to Miami or goes to New Orleans to perform right. all around Panama City because you only got you know summertime and spring break and stuff. So when I came up here to Knoxville, I was, you know, I, I didn't really know what to expect hip hop wise. Um, little did I know there was quite quite a large hip hop scene, but there's a lot of hip hop artists and a lot of producers and beat makers, but there's not a lot of hip hop supporters. I guess is you, you what you would say. Like you do shows, and and it's the same people showing up to everybody's show. It's all the right. artists in the city supporting each other, but there's not really any big support from or, or fan base. They seem to that they'll they'll spend you know. $60, to go see, you know, a, a mainstream artist but won't, you know, won't spend $10 to go in a club. That's, the club's packed on, on Friday nights, but if you put a local showcase in there on a on a Thursday night or a Friday night, nobody shows up. And it's kind of, you know I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's discouraging at times when you when when you when you want your you know you want your home base to to feel you invite and and then when you know when you're out and and you ride with people and you let them hear your music and stuff and everybody's like oh man that's awesome you're gonna do something here. and then 
you, you you spend time trying to, you know, get these shows and sell tickets and stuff, and then when people don't show, it's kind of discouraging. When you go to out of town, like, for say, I went to Atlanta and did a show a couple months ago, and the whole place was packed and people were going crazy. And I'm like, man, I never get this in my hometown. You know what I mean? And it's it's kind of discouraging, but in the same sense, the hip-hop scene is begging for somebody to take Knoxville to the next level. You know, I mean, it really is. And I think that uh, what we're trying to do here at Grinders and what we have our vision set on, we can be the ones to finally do that. Because there's never really been anybody from Knoxville do or do anything or per se or just put Knoxville on the map for that matter as far as what you think when you hear Knoxville. Like you said, you don't think hip-hop. And that's right. what we're trying to do, I think, in a whole is make Knoxville known not only for hip-hop but for good music in general. Now, Daddy Rich, talk about what he just mentioned, because um, I know where he's coming from when it's when it's like the people that you see every day, friends, family, people, don't embrace you like going in other places. Because like, as far as my radio show goes, my biggest supporter, my biggest supporter in Toronto, Canada, or you know, New Jersey, Detroit. What do you think it is that on town waits for love, love, love? Yeah, it's it's uh it's hard to get a buzz here. Like he said, uh, I'll chime in on that because there's more artists than and and producers and beat makers than there are fans. And you know, when you're in a the capital of country music. You know, this place in, in Tennessee, we're right by Nashville, so that really hurts us. And that's the mm-hmm. big reason why things are the way they are. But the song that we did and the reason that I backed away from the street, I guess you would say trap music and the trap lyrics, and I really concentrated on doing a pop crossover club EDM-type track but I also wanted to throw in a little Southern. And if you see, if you listen, when you listen to Drank, that's a Southern slang. Uh, you know, and just like uh, the song really, a lot of it is was uh, thought of from Hank Williams Jr. Uh, you know, why do you drink? Why do you <laughs> All those things come into factor, you know, uh, and where I'm at, the location, and it just seemed to me when the hook was made, it just seemed that it was just it, it was a Tennessee thing, it was a Southern thing, you know. Drink, drink. You go to Detroit, and you ask somebody, "What the hell is drink?" They said, "Drink." You know, we don't. They don't say that. They they're more proper in their their language uh, in that area. So I thought to myself that the the slang that I was using would help as far as not just in the streets of hip-hop, but it would also cross over in the country. Okay. Okay. And, yeah, you do have another audience to think of up there. And so that's a pretty interesting perspective. And it would be cool, I guess, when you have a city like Knoxville to be the first one to truly make it to kind of put Knoxville on the map. So, I mean, I definitely have an appreciation for what you guys are doing. Uh, Like I said, I feel... Like, I'm in a similar situation here in Jackson, Mississippi, and where I talk to people all day, and they're like, oh, man, you have a radio show? Oh, that's great, but they don't ever do anything to support it. So I definitely feel your pain on that. And I've seen artists here um, 
go to other places and make it big. I mean, one example is, is David Banner. I, I remember seeing David Banner um, in a club called Inez's back in the, the early 90s. And, you know, people will show him a little love here, but it took him moving to Atlanta before he really blew up. And now everybody here wants to claim him, and it's kind of sad when it happens that way. So, well, all right, so let's talk about drink and and smoke. Now, DR, you know, you said that you basically just came up with this, and how, how exactly did the other guys get on board? I know you said, you know, bands kind of came about because of Miss Green, but what about Goodfella? How did he get involved with you all? It was going to take that. It was, uh, I'm going to let him tell you because it's basically he is the way he got in. So I'm going to let him answer that. Go ahead, Ben. Well, I came up, I met Goodfella um, <laughs> shooting pool one night in a little rundown bar in South Knoxville. Um, and we had kind of had a mutual friend. I knew a guy there. Um, they were shooting pool. I walked up, asked him if I could shoot. And, uh, there was, uh, I don't even remember what song it was. came on and, uh, it was uh, playing on the jukebox and stuff, and that you know, everybody, everybody, there's some people in there dancing and stuff. And all of a sudden, like this dude across the pool table just starts freestyling. And I looked at the dude, you know, my friend, the dude that I knew, and I was like, "Bro, you have never. Why have you told me about this dude? Like, what? Where did this guy come from?" <laughs> and he was like, "Oh man, he, you know, he, he's been doing this a long time, man. You didn't know he was a rapper." I'm like, "No, nah, man, I didn't know he was. You know, I'm like, no, nah, I don't even know this kid. Man, I just met him." So. I was like, dude, you know, you, you, what do you, you know, you got anything? He's like, yeah, man, I, I got some songs and stuff on Reverb Nation, and so you just check out my SoundCloud and stuff. I'm like, all right. So I went home, looked him up on Facebook, looked him and listened to his Reverb Nation stuff. I'm like, man, I got to get up with this dude. And, you know, he, he's got some powerful lyrics. So I hit him up on Facebook, got his phone number, met up with him a couple of times, and I was like, you know, I'm looking for a studio to go to go record in. And uh, I said, I, I just moved here from, from Panama City. I was like, you know, do you got anywhere? He's like, yeah, man, come link up with me. So we got on to a, a little studio uh, called Solo Records, a little um, record label here in Austin, a little local label. They do, a, you know, they do some shows and stuff around, but they um, they got a, a lot of a lot of artists, but a lot of hatred in their camp. So uh, me and Fella kind of stood out when we went over there, you know, started recording with them, and they were everybody was doing good, everything, and I just felt like we weren't progressing like we were recording songs but we weren't doing anything so when rich hit me up i was like man i got this guy that this with me i said you know i don't know if i can get him away from solo records i was like but the kid is amazing his his delivery is good his lyrics are really really good i was like if we can get him on with us i think we can really do something with drinking smoke i said you know we've been looking for somebody else to to fill that middle slot i was like i really think this kid could do it he said well you know let's let's hear it see what he's got so I called Phil up and asked him if he'd be interested. He's like, yeah, man, I'm interested. Let me let me see what's up. So we went to the studio and laid down drinking smoke. And I remember looking at Rich when we was in the studio that day and put that down. I, I looked across the room at him, and he had this big grin on his face. It was like, I told you, man. <laughs> I was like, this, this kid's something else, man. I'm like, I told you. I said, this, you know, we, we can do something. And the three of us can really do something if we put something together. So it's uh, it kind of was uh, luck, really, just, you know, by chance. And me and Goodfellow run into each other shooting pool one night. Uh, and it, it just kind of ended up that way, man. Okay. And, man, that's pretty cool. I mean, I like to hear the stories like that. And uh, sometimes it's about timing and a little luck, you know, for people to come together and make something special happen. And I think that's that's pretty cool how all of that came together. But, all right, so let me ask let me ask this. And um, this, is, this is really for you, Bans. Um, all right. 
you know, hip hop has traditionally traditionally uh, been like, uh, I guess, a black genre. But we've seen a lot of white people infiltrated over the years, and now it's like something for everyone. How do you feel as far as when you go into a nightclub and it may be predominantly filled with black faces? I mean, do they really show you the love, man? Do they do they just give you the opportunity to show your skill, or are they kind of judgmental at first as soon as you grab the mic? Oh, at very first, I'll, I'll, I'll put I'll start out like this. I'll start because you know when being a white artist is is kind of you 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 don't know you don't know how they're going to perceive you. you don't know and I'll start out by this the very first time that I ever had anything played in the club I was in Panama City in a strip club I was working as a manager there and uh, the DJ was like man give me some of your stuff and I'll play it and I was like I don't know man like I don't know he's like man just give me some of your stuff so I gave him some and we're in the club one night and he my like it comes on. You know, I hear him play, and I'm like, oh, okay. And everybody in the club's like vibing to it, like, and it, you know, it's predominantly black strip club. And I'm like, you know, I'm, everybody's going, man, this, who is this man? This, and the people going up to the DJ be like, man, who's uh, who is that? And he's pointing to me, he's like, that's him right there. And they're like, no. Nah. So you know, it's like and they kept coming up. They're like, dude, you don't even sound, you don't even. That's not you, man. I'm like, yeah, it is, you know. And so that's kind of how it happened. That's kind of how I started. Like, man, you know, maybe I do have something here. Maybe I got something, you know, that I can actually do this. So. When I came to Knoxville, I uh, and, and was with was recording with Solo Records. I booked a show in Atlanta at Club Deluxe, and um, it was a showcase for uh, the National the BET uh, Hip Hop Awards National Entertainment Expo. So um, we get to Atlanta, we get to this club downtown, call like not downtown but like College Park. We go, we sign up, you know. I'm standing outside of all the artists. There's like 75 artists going to perform. It's like a two day event. It's three stages. Uh, I'm like, okay, I'm looking, there is no other white artist in line. I'm like, man, this is, uh, I'm like way outnumbered here. So I, I'm, I'm like, man, this is, I don't know how this is. Like, I'm the only white artist in the whole line for three, for two two days. So we get inside the club, you know, get inside where the main stage is and a couple hours before I'm about to go on, and me and my girlfriend are the only white people in the whole building, like the entire building. There's like a 1,000 people in there. We're the only white people. So we're, I'm like, man, this is either going to go real good or I'm fixing to get booed off stage. Like, we, I'm fixing to find out what I got. I'm fixing to find out what, you know, what's really going on. So when I got on stage, you know, you look out and everybody's looking at you. It's like, all right, man, you better come with it. So at the end, I performed three songs. And, you know, when when you're performing, it's kind of a haze. Like, you you feel the crowd, but but you're in this zone and you're in this this feeling that comes over you, you kind of really don't know what's going on around you. It's just like an adrenaline right. rush, so you're performing. But when I got done and the song ended, I looked up and everybody was on their feet and the whole place was going crazy, and I was like, whoa. And I come off stage and this A&R from Universal grabbed me, and he was like, man, I'm from, I'm, my name is uh, Ken Thompson. I'm, from, I'm an A&R from Universal Records. He's like, this is my partner. And he's like, he's from Atlantic Records. We'd like to sit down and talk to you. And I was, I was like, just like, I didn't know what to do. But at that moment, he was like, man, you are one of the, you are the only white rapper here. He was like, you stuck out so much. He was like, we didn't know if you were going to flop or if you were going to do something good. He said, but you got up there and you own the stage. He's like, out of every performer that we've seen, you own the stage. And he's like, that's what it's about. You have to get up there and you have to show them that you're not afraid, that it don't matter what my skin color is. It's what's coming out of my mouth that matters. You know what I mean? That's right. what it's come, what's coming from the inside that matters. It don't matter anything. It, might, it was intimidating, but in the same sense, it solidified my mind and, and gave me peace of mind to know that, man, I just went in there 
and rocked a whole crowd that probably when I walked on stage was like, uh-oh, here comes, let's see this dude trying to be Eminem. You know what I mean? Like, you know, let's see what's going on. Let's right, see what he's right. got. You know what I mean? And then when I hit him with it, they was like, oh, shit, this dude's for real. Like, man, this dude's like, ooh, he ain't Eminem. No, he's bands. And they're like, where's he from? You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. Like, people were, you know, they were, the people that were with us in our camera, like, bro, there were people coming up to us asking for CDs where you guys were from, like, where y'all are from. And it did help because I had one of the guys that I brought with me to do a song with me. He was black. But when they when we came off stage, they were like, bro, you were way better than him. Like, you need to do shit by yourself. And that was kind of pushed me and gave me the motivation. I need like, man, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right things. I just got to keep moving. Because it's not, it is no longer just a black, you know, hip-hop no longer. It, it's like you said, it's for everybody. And everybody's got their piece and everybody's got their stake in the game. But... It really takes something special, and you really got to work hard and grind. Like that's why we use the term grinders, because you really got to work hard and grind to make yourself known. You really got to. Okay, that's what's up. That's, and, and props to 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 you, Dr. I mean, you have to look at it from your perspective as well, because there are some people who are like, "Well, I don't know if I want to lay a track with someone who you know doesn't have that traditional look or whatever." But I mean. It's 2015, man. I mean, everyone loves hip hop, and there's no reason why everyone should be a part of it. Yep, they're exactly right. I look at I look at at what what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make good music with good people, and these guys turned out it was like God sent them to me, and they were good people. First of all, that's the first and foremost. Good people. And uh, we didn't have any problems because the other artists that I worked with on this track, man, gave me so much, so many problems. I mean, <clears throat> there were legal problems uh, with one, then the other one. Just his ego was just so tremendous. It was, it was like, oh, I'm this, I'm that. You should be doing it, man. Hey, man, okay. So we just couldn't come to terms, you know. And I, at one point. I thought I was just going to have to try and do the track myself, and it really mm-hmm. got me down. Uh, you know, and so it's like, like I said, man, it all points to Miss Green, man. Without her, the track stayed alive because of her. Because I was at a point to where I was going to quit. The When, when uh, the I'm not going to mention her name, the artist sued me, tried to sue me. Uh, that really put me in the pits. And then the other artist that was on the track, seemed like that he didn't really like it and they started giving bad vibes so it was not a good thing so I really didn't know what to do. I got depressed, you know, and then Miss Green, she searched, she searched, she found these guys. She was like, just give it a chance and I said, All right, you know, I'll 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 work with them. I'll see what's up and, and this is what we got, man. Okay. And that that's uh- the track actually started out. The track actually started out with me and somebody else, another artist. And the artist that I that I did it with, when I did it, he's like, "Man, like I gotta rethink the whole song now because you just totally like just killed the verse and like totally changed the whole dynamic of the song." Well, when that happened, it kind of, I think it upset him a little bit. And I, you know, and that was that was not my intention. I came with the intention. Look, these guys gave me this. I got to go as hard as I possibly can on this to show them that I'm for real. Like, then that's what I, well, you know, this is my first, you know, my first song with them. Like, I really got to give them something to show, hey, man, this dude's for real. Like, he ain't just playing. 
So when I came with it, I may have came, you know, aggressively, but it wasn't ever the intention to take the song away from anybody or to change the direction. But I think that's just kind of what had what what I guess you would say fate had it for that. Like that song was supposed this song was supposed to go this way, and everything was supposed to go the way it's going now. And so, like you said, I think it really it's just luck, like the luck of being in the right place at the right time and meeting the right connection and connection with people. And that thing is never burning bricks. Yeah, the right you know, one. Being, being kind to everybody. Because, you know, when Rachel came up to me that night after that show, I could have just been like, hey, how you doing? Boom, peace, deuces. But I sat there and I talked with her for a few minutes, you know, and talked to her. And she right. was like, hey, you know, if you ever need anybody to talk to you. And then, you know, she's like, I got somebody I really think would, would like to meet you. And that, you know what I mean? And that's just kind of, I had, I had, I had I not gave her the time of day and, like, actually sat there and talked to her face to face. I would have never, you know, this would have never happened. And so it's kind of like, you got to be humble. And just artists have to realize that no matter how how good you think you are or how many people you know, there's that one person out there that can link you up with people that you ain't met yet and that you really got to take time to talk to as many individual people as you can because you never know which way it can take you. Yeah. That's right, man. And that's pretty good advice in general, man. Uh, you A lot of times you never know who you're talking to and how they can help you. Um, not just in music, but just in anything. And you have um, some people who they just blow people off or don't take the time to listen and pay attention, and they could be missing out on their blessing for real, man. So I think that's pretty cool how all that came together for you all. So what DR Drink and Smoke is now on Amazon for those who want to go out there and get the MP3. So now, you know, you're you're kind of out there to the masses. It's a matter of going bigger than the state of Tennessee. It's about, you know, moving all through the South and then ultimately moving across the nation. What's the next step for um for you guys? Right now, uh, we are trying to get a release party set up here to try and gain some uh, fan base here to try and get our people at home to back us to let them understand we have something and mm-hmm. this could create this could create not only money for us but could create jobs for some of these people here and make them understand that this is a business and this this right here this song could help to get the rest of these people what they're trying to do and their dream come true just through us and uh I think that some people are receiving that message well but the majority aren't because they want to be that. And it, to me, the whole time I've been doing this here, it's never been about that being that. It's just been about it happening. And and once it happened and you open the eggshell, then the egg comes out and, you know, then everything's coming. You know, there's no stopping it. Once you Once one comes, the rest are coming. They'll see. But, you know, it's just like uh, around here it's so hard because, like he said, the, the fan base, you could – in most places where there's a lot of people, you can build a fan base and they can sway you to be at the top. And this place is really categorized who's at the top by the artists themselves. So if you're not in the, the the little clique or the group and you don't, you know, travel well with these guys, then, of course, you're not going to get spoke of in that way. And I don't. You know, I don't, I'm like being kept myself distanced from the whole thing because it's not that I don't like these guys. It's just that 
I have a family and I was putting family first and I still do. You know, it's just that this situation come up, uh, the song came out of my head. It's time to do it. So, you know, songs that we have come out ahead. And so we had to put it down and, you know, there's no denying this one. We had to go ahead and get it out there. It was really a strong song. Uh, but, it, but but it's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, the songs that we have that are following this song are really, really, like, just straight in your face. Like, man, if these songs thought like, everything that I, I feel like, uh, of course, and a lot of artists feel this way, too, but everything I got is the number one hit. You feel that way. You know, every single, you know, right. this, is hit, this is the one, this is the one. But I feel like what we have following Drink and Smoke, what Fella and I are putting together is a run of not only like good singles, but I think that Fella and I have we have a we have an opportunity to do something that not a lot of artists can you know, not a lot of artists do, but we've seen here lately quite a few artists try to do like that Drake and Future are putting out albums together because they feel like once they mix your stuff once you mix your style together, man, like people really like that style. And that's what Fella and I get kind of like our 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 uh, feedback that we get from our fans is, man, you guys are awesome together. Like when y'all are on stage together, and we perform a lot together. We have our own songs. We also have songs, a lot of songs together. So we we kind of not that we are a group because I've tried the whole group thing with with rappers, and boy, when egos get involved, man, you got big problems. But as long as Fella and I feel like, well, as long as we keep pushing and doing what we're doing and, and bringing mm-hmm. these songs out, that drinking smoke is just the beginning. It's just the beginning, and it's you know it's it's, it's something that that I think it's, it's great that we've all kind of, you know gotten together and we've all been able to to come together and and you know got the same goal in mind. And as long as everybody stays on the same track and keeps focused, man, I don't think there's anything that can stop us really. No, I don't either, man. I don't That's either. what's up. I agree. That's what's up. Now, um, now, Baz, you have a cut called Deep. You and uh, you and Goodfellas, right? Um, Dr. You have any influence on that, or that's just something separate, or how's that? I will have influence on it. Uh, right now, we we are in prog. Like you said, it's in progress. This was something that was produced somewhere, you know, by when they were with someone else. But those songs we are going to use those the ones that I sent you. Those two, uh, especially like he was saying, do it. The one do it, she do it is going to be one that we are immediately working on. If we our lazy producer to wake up, <laughs> then we can do it. I mean, God, this guy's got to get himself together. Oh, it's crazy, man. You, you just don't know. We, man, what we're dealing with here is crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> we, we, we really. That's that's kind of our like. What we have is we have good. We have a great studio. We have a, a great, you know, a good producer, but he works on everybody in the, you know, he, he's probably, it's probably not, it's the nicest studio in Knoxville. You know, it's the best. It's the top of the line, you know, studio in Knoxville, but he works on everybody's stuff, so he's not exclusive to us, so he doesn't make okay. a difference. You know, either, you know what I'm saying? If, if I feel, and, and, I, and I feel like in the right time, the right person will come to us, you know, for that. Like, we need an in-house somebody that can just be, hey, man, I'm just a producer. You must. Fire! I'm ready to work with y'all. Like, let's do this. You know what I mean? And that's right. what we're looking for. And that's and and I, and I feel like eventually that's going to happen. Somebody's going to hear it and say, "Hey, man, these guys need me just as much as I need them." And that's what we're looking for. And that's what we're waiting for. And and, and you know, and you have to. You, you can't. 
you can't rush pieces like that, and you can't you can't you know always find those pieces. Those pieces have to come to you. So I say it's patiently waiting, but in the same time, I'm anxiously waiting for somebody to step up and and want this as much as we do because I don't have time. Rich doesn't have. We don't. We, none of us have the the time nor the ability. I, I wouldn't say we don't have the ability, but it's it's hard to produce the track, write the track deliver to try everything and do everything, you know, you you need other pieces in, of the puzzle to, to help you out with that stuff to be a successful label. And we'll, we'll get there eventually, but like I said right now, it's just uh, keep it moving forward, moving forward and, and, and doing the things that we're doing to, to keep it coming. But Fellow and I, like I said, we have Too Deep. We have um, a song called Product of the Struggle that both of us are really, really proud of. Uh, I think that's a really a one that, that, can, that will come that everybody will uh everybody can relate to. I mean we all probably through the struggle. I think that's 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 one of the one of the lines and it's it's uh it's it's able to captivate, you know, you, you can we can touch audiences everywhere because everybody's struggling with something. Right. You know, and so uh, I I look forward to, to I look forward to bringing tracks to to all these tracks up because Fella and I have, have we've we've worked really hard on them but when we were with this other label the, the production was was just not up to par, and so what we have is a lot of really great songs with horrible production. So mm-hmm. we need some. We need that next step to to elevate because all it's going to take is for the right person to say, "Hey, like I said, they're going to they're going to be like, man, this is really good material, but who produced this garbage? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and and that's what it's going to you know what I mean? And, that, and that's and that's what I've heard like. Because when I, when I you know, like I said, I, I did a show in Atlanta and had some execs from different labels, you know, and I, I gave them the music and they were like, man, you know, the first thing we need to do is we need to get you in a real studio with production. And that's the very first thing that every single one of us mouth was, who's producing your stuff, man, because it's garbage. And like, your voice is amazing. Your delivery is excellent. Your lyrics are on point, but your production sounds like a fifth grader did it. So we need to get you, you know what I mean? And then it comes to the point where when you're doing music, it is not a cheap this is not a cheap hobby, man. This is not a cheap career. It's not a cheap hobby. It, it takes money, and everybody wants top dollar for what they do. So, you know, you right. get what you pay for. So it comes it comes back to, to you know, everybody wanting and having the same vision. I'm going to put this out there. That crew that he's talking about that they were with, if they would just listen and understand that there's a different way to do things, and kind of let me come in and guide them in that way, then we would be able to work with them. But, see, they're not going to do that. I wish they would. I really do because there's people there that, that all of us that care about. And, uh, you know, the situation that's, that's gone on between the, the camps is something that we've tried to get settled, but it's still going on here and there. But, uh, you know, I really would – like to get with those guys because there are things that we could use from them. Uh, you know, I really would. So I'll just put that out there. So if these guys get, come across this podcast, you know, uh, they understand that my feelings are that we really would like for the camps to work together, but because of those guys egos have gone too far, man, they're not going to listen to what we're trying to, what our creativity saying. You know, just like with bands, they'll tell you, bands and fellas tell you what they want. It's just as much as when they come to me with things, I listen to it as like if I was presenting it because I know that that's something that they feel something about. And mm-hmm. if they feel that way and it's something that is 
we can use, we go with, and most times they're right on point with what they're doing. So I really just look at them and say, why are you even asking me? Let's just roll with it. You know, they'll tell you that. But with their camp, it's this thing of this is what we're doing, you know, the only reason we did drink and smoke first is because we know that's what's going to get us where we're trying to go. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I, I knew drink and smoke was kind of the, the starting point. And, you know, that's when I, when I heard it. So, you know, I, I'm, I, and I'm, I'm the first one to say I do, I do like the trap style rap. I do have songs in the trap style rap. I do storytelling rap also. Um, but I liked the crossover. I had never done a EDM dance uh, club style beat before. So this was my very first one, and for the very first one, I didn't think it went too bad at all. And so I, I, I was I was anxious to to switch over genres and, and do something different. And I seen the, 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 the ability of this song to actually, like, this is a club song. I could see this in every club. Any any time that this song would come on in the club, you would just, you know, you could see the club get up before it, so... I think it's going to be a uh, a hit once it gets out. It's the the getting it out is is the hard part. You know, I mean, I, I watched the yeah. interview of Fetty Wap on the Breakfast Club that said, you know, it took him two years to get out Trap Queen. Two years, and that song was a radio sensation. You know, that song was probably played more consecutively than any other song. And I swear, I, I think you heard that song every time you turn on the radio this summer. Yeah. That was the only song that was playing. And so, you know, two years of hard work pushing, you know, pushing, pushing, pushing every day, putting it in people's faces, and he finally broke it. So, you know, I mean, it just, it's a it's a matter of the, the right, you know, getting it into the right hands and the right people here and the right, you know, doing these podcasts, doing these interviews, keeping your name relevant is the hardest part of this whole, this whole journey is keeping your name relevant. Okay. All right. So we'll go ahead and get ready to wrap things up. And uh, let me ask, like, where can um... – People check out your music. Where can they find you? Um, you know, are you on social media? How can they get more yeah. of uh, all of you guys? Go to, um, you can follow us uh, on the Facebook Grinders Entertainment. Um, you can find me on Instagram at your girl's favorite rapper on Instagram. Uh, girls with <laughs> uh, I like that. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, um, um, iTunes. Uh, the song, the song, Drink the Smoke is available on iTunes and on Amazon now, so you can check us out there. Uh, all your streaming, all your downloads, it's, it's there. Every country, you know what I'm saying, every state, you can get it wherever. You know what I'm saying? It's ready for download. You can check out Goodfella. Uh, you can check out Goodfella on Reverb Nation um, as well as myself. Just look up bands on Reverb Nation or SoundCloud. Both of us have have music on there, YouTube as well. You can look up uh, your girl's favorite rapper on, on YouTube. I have some videos and some songs on there as well. But we're adding new stuff daily. Uh, I've taken a lot of stuff down uh, since I got with Grinders, um, and we're, we're revamping some stuff. We're, we're redoing some production and stuff. Like I said, my production was kind of down. So I took off some of the stuff that I had, and uh, we're going back up with new stuff soon. So we're, we're working daily to get this stuff back up and running, kind of starting fresh, man, and, and getting a new, a new vibe and trying to go to a different way. But be on the lookout. We are on the round. All right, cool, cool. All right, fellas, well, I appreciate you all taking the time to join the show, man. It's good to chop it up with you, and I wish you all much much success. And uh, hopefully get you back on in the future when, uh, you know, something big has, has, has popped off and you all are taking it to the next level. All right, man, appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. 
Yo, 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 this is Daddy Rich, and you about to hear Drink and Smoke. This is with Daddy Rich featuring bands and good fellas. Yeah. Jack, two, burn that gasoline, three, we going to the club scene, four, after party, roll some more, Jack, gas, drink, smoke, we can do what you like, we can do what you want, come jump in the form with Daddy Rich, we can drink, we can smoke, we can do this shit, we can drink, we can smoke if you want to, we can party all night if you want to, we can do everything that you want to do, just as long as it's me and you, girl, we can drink, we can smoke if you want to, we can party all night if you want to, we can do that you wanna do just as long as it's me and you girl. Jumped on the track with Daddy Rich Your girl's favorite rapper bands in this is OG's on the beat so it's no surprise When the booty starts shaking see him cutting eyes We can do what you want if you're down the ride Photo big boy gon' jump aside And we can smoke some, stay rolled up And if you talk to Drake baby gon' pull it up Sitting sideways, Slick mouth, switch your lanes, switch your diamond blinds Got me thrown on, these girls going crazy And I've been going in to bring the head of baby Good fella. Good fella. 
cigarilla, roll it up. Now ride through town, clean as fuck. Who is that? You know what's up. That's JB, A N D Z, and I ride. I grind for him, I shine for him, I ride till I die. I go out of town and I cop the work, bring it back and then flood the town. Go out of town and I cop a vert, bring it back and then ride around like, who is that? What it do? Fuck me, now fuck you. And I ain't gotta be another word about it, cause I really don't think you heard about him. I'm 2D, 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 